Carol, hi, how are you? Amy, I am doing great. Um, I'm we're, we're talking on an amazingly beautiful Pacific Northwest summer day. Oh, so I'm fantastic. The sixth week of a year, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to see you. You look awesome and you look like, you know, you're doing well and how have yeah. things been going? They haven't, they, it, um, I talked to several different people that I know, and as you know, we're entrepreneurs, so we like the roller coaster ride, but I, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't quite this roller coaster ride that we were expecting. Um, and as I think most business owners and most employees, it, it was, there was disruption. And I talked to my clients and I said, we like to talk about disruption of shaking things up, but it has been disrupted in every single area of our lives, uh, personally, professionally, economically. And one of the things that causes a lot of workplace conflict, which you know is kind of my area, is when people don't feel um, in control and they feel helpless and they feel hopeless. So um, I'm kind of a positive person and always look for the hope. So like I think many entrepreneurs or people, we always say well, there's an opportunity. And I met this woman one time who said, if you can make chicken salad out of chicken poop, um, it's pretty good. I wonder who that person might have. I have no been. idea. Um, that's hilarious that you even remember that. But that's the story of my life. So here's to you, Carol. And here's to you for sharing that story with me that I go back to that I go back to all of the time. Well, my friend Amy has this great story about this, but I think it also goes to this, you know, this whole climate isn't something that anybody expected. And I said, and the level of disruption and the level of, you know, emotional turmoil, financial turmoil, all of that stuff, um, workplace uncertainty, all of that stuff kind of goes in that, you know, people people are dealing with a lot on a lot of different fronts. Completely and totally. Um, I know you mentioned the personal and the professional side. So Carol, that's exactly why I wanted to have coffee with you today because I was curious what you're observing with conflict in the current climate and how is it showing up at companies? Well, I think it's showing up in a couple of different ways. First, I think a lot of conflict is getting driven underground because people are concerned. They're concerned about being furloughed. They're concerned about being vulnerable. And if there's low trust on teams or it's a really high pressure environment, they may be suffering in silence. And that's not a good thing because that's not having a lot of psychological safety on your team. And as managers and leaders, you wanna be able to support the person as well as support the performance. And you're trying to balance that person experience and, and the team performance. So that's where I'm at. And I'll speak to myself too in this virtual environment, it's different. It's just really, it's really different. And I find I get annoyed at people too because all the people are doing something that are in a window. And I'm thinking to myself, they're not paying attention to me. They're being, you know, and, and, and I have this dialogue about how I'm expecting people to, to behave. Um, so I think that that can then start getting some self-fulfilling prophecies going on. And then all of a sudden, we've got people who are on their last nerve. They are swamped for time. They're trying to get stuff done. And they just want people to get to the point. They want to have a good productive meeting and get it there and get it done. And there are other people who are starved for contact and want 
and want to be able to talk to people. And so you may have those exact same people on your teams and you're trying to balance those, those two. So it can be diving into silence or it can be kind of going into more, ex, um, more extreme, more demanding, but it all comes down to everyone's trying to figure out how to get it done. Yeah, everyone's, I, I try to say to myself, everyone's doing the best they can do, you know? And, and, and that, and I'm doing my best. So, you know, in my own life, so that I don't put more pressure on myself. Um, because, you know, in a normal environment, I was really great about doing eight hours of client meetings a day. And this virtual environment is different. And I really struggle with more than four hours of client meetings a day. So I'm just trying to practice some self-compassion. And I hear what you're saying. What, have you noticed any differences in how conflict is appearing or ways conflict is manifesting on teams in, in this new 100% virtual environment? I think uh, it's, again, it's almost kind of a binary type of stuff. Either it's kind of going underground mm -hmm. um, and people are taking, not talking, or maybe some of the habits that we had in meetings that weren't so great of you know, the before meeting meeting or the text eat, text and going through or people using the chat to, you know, nag or, uh, you know, be sarcastic and things like that, that it's, yeah, it's hard, right? And because we're feeling all of these things and that someone isn't meeting our expectations in some way, shape or form. And I think in this environment, it's difficult because all of our processes all of our habits and all of the kind of the guidelines of what we're supposed to be doing weren't designed for this unless you were a completely virtual team anyway. And that's a completely different skill set, right? And so we're, we're learning all of our gaps and um, in our skill sets, the things, the gaps in the technology, and then that creates for kind of a lot of frustration and a lot of disappointment. And I always say that there's a couple things in conflict. And one of the main, the, one of the main things that I do when I ask people about were there unmet expectations about who, who was supposed to do what or how something was supposed to be handled. And often those unmet expectations are built on unarticulated assumptions about how you think someone's supposed to be doing it. It's just common sense or common knowledge. Someone should know what's going on. And I have heard people about taking meetings while they're lying down in bed and I'll be like, oh, no, no, no. No, don't do that. There are, there are, there are some protocols um, in there, but being able to talk about expectations and assumptions and trying to figure out, are you trying to put, um, you know, a round peg in a square hole with all of this virtual environment uh, going on? And uh, the other thing is that it's really hard to read people in, it's hard, it's hard to read a room when you've got all of these faces around and if there's a glitch between the audio and the video or the video is glitchy. It's your brain is trying to process so much while again, trying to process so much of what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. These are all things that are happening. And I'm laughing because I've heard these, I've, I've observed these things and I've experienced them and I've heard about them from clients. <laughs> so what, what are some proactive steps that teams that now find themselves to be virtual can take to work better together? So a couple of things. One, 
let's just kind of recognize some of the limits of technology. One, you're not going to be able to, to read the room. Uh, but one of the things also is, as you know, Amy, meeting facilitation, that is a skill. And meeting facilitation in a virtual environment is an even bigger skill. And particularly if you're leading teams, you're wanting to be able to kind of look at what's the emotional climate in the room and being able to be upfront about setting up some guidelines and some expectations about how you want how you want to be able to to handle to handle things that's one and then also maybe turn off the chat function yeah how do you coach your the leaders that you work with to identify the the environment in the room the emotional environment so it's you know as i said it's particularly hard because I've seen, and you might have seen them too, snapshots of Zoom meetings in particular when you've got 50 faces on the screen in front of you. And it means you can't take in that much information. But one of the things as you know, as a leader or as a team member, you probably get to, you hopefully you get to know your team members and it's like, okay, is this person acting significantly different than they were before? What is that telling me? How can I go and reach out to them individually? Because we don't want to call out people in public. The old adage of praise in public, counsel in private definitely holds true. What are some things that you've been doing to help your leaders um, tune up their teams, you know, to, or tune up teams with regards to proactively and positively working on conflict during this time? So I think one is first and foremost, call out that this, that this is a different situation and we are making it up. But I think also go back and go to your core, to the values of like, say this, these are our values. Our values don't change how we go about implementing them. This is a new, new path and we're going to stumble and we're going to fall, but this is, this is what we're doing. And you can also, and I'm also telling them, tell them what you're doing. Also, you know, if you're, if you've had a bad day or you've been on, and I honestly heard this where it was a zoom meeting that started at 7am in the morning and went to 7pm at night, 12 hours a day with a half hour lunch. Too much. Too much. So being able to ask the questions of like, you know, how are we doing? Is this too much? What could we be doing and actively soliciting feedback uh, from from that and also you know just listen i think one of my big skills is when i hear people in organizations either if they're on totally different sides of a conflict the greatest compliment i get is like i really felt heard and so i mean that's the one thing of like they can complain they can kvetch it's like did i get it did i get it right and if people feel heard um that's huge and maintaining those you know as much one-to-one -one contact as you can that would be huge I love how you're focusing on the human side of things. Like, how are they doing? Are they similar or different than they normally are? What is their emotional health individually? And then you're looking and you're using a coaching tool of giving feedback and reminding people what our agreements are, our working agreements and what the expectations are and holding yourself and others accountable to living and working in those agreements. Mm -hmm. And those are the foundational basics of good teamwork, right? 
Yeah, and when you were talking, I'm reminded for anyone who's a movie movie buff, mm-hmm. um, there was a movie Gene Hackman years ago, Hoosiers. Any who basketball fans out there? And there's a great leadership moment in that in that movie. So this team of uh, high school basketball, you know, from not a affluent area, goes to the state championships, and they walk into. Um, the field house that is huge and amazing and magnificent and nothing else that they've ever seen before in their life. And Gene Hackman kind of hands them, I think this is how it went, hands them a tape measure and says, I want you to measure the line from the free throw line to the base. How is it? I want you to measure the court. How is it? I want you to measure the link this way. How is it? And then through doing this, they realize, you know what? It's exactly the same as before, but the leader needed to say, we needed to be able to reorient it uh, of like, there are some core things that we can continue to do. And we're getting, and if you are a learning organization, that means that you're gonna stumble and you are gonna fall and you are going to, you know, work together to try to figure it out without blaming or shaming people. Yeah, there's no space right now for blaming or shaming. Um, because it's a resilience killer and it's a trust killer. It is. And in my work, I, and, you, and you're probably familiar with this, that so many organizations want to say we're collaborative and they say we really value trust. But some of the, the research is showing it's really hard to establish trust organization-wide because people don't have personal relationships organizational wide. Instead, focus on building trust within your team, and then managers can then build trust, you know, for cross-functional teams, um, you know, laterally, and then up and down. And that's kind of where the trust come comes in. Because again, in in times of ambiguity, it gets scary and all of the disruption. And most people can handle ambiguity if there's some trust and trust with leadership and trust with the team members. If there's not that trust there, it's going to be yes. a rough road. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having coffee today. It was so fun to catch up with you. And thanks for all those helpful tips for us as leaders to use um, on our teams. Absolutely. I so, so enjoyed it. And also, you know, I think you've seen this too, is like leaders don't keep tips a secret, you know, share the wealth. So that way you're not a rose in the desert trying to do this all on your own. The more people speaking this same language and using the same tools, the easier it'll be, the more trust, the more shared expectations. In the last I, love I love it. Thank, Thank you. Kim. Talk to you soon. Take care.